You are now listening to High Five, the podcast, a movie podcast for people who like other stuff, too. Now let's join our hosts, Q and J, as they broadcast live from the writer's room. The show starts in one... Right. There are some elements, even in like the Narnia movies, where you're just like, oh, green screen. It just looks so terrible. Right. I just hate it so much. So it's better than that. It is better than that. Voice acting, good? Um, voice acting is great. Really? What yeah, about they, Idris? They have uh, Idris Elba yeah, as is Shere Khan. Which is, and he is fantastic. Yeah. He's got a sexy voice. What a, oh, man, that dude. That's why I'm excited about him being Roland. I think he's going to do a very good job as Roland. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something weird about that? Yeah. <clears throat> so since I'm reading the Dark Tower, as we've talked about, and we haven't, uh, I haven't read them before. Right. So I I picked them up after the announcement of Idris Elba. I'm very glad that you're Roland. reading them now because they've been a favorite of mine for decades. Like I've been reading them since right. high school. So this basically the the gist here is that. Uh, I, because of the casting announcement, I let it inform my visual mental picture of oh, Roland. Oh, so now you're picturing him. And he him. is Idris Elba. Like, it, yeah. it fits. Other than, like, weird things Except where for the things like, when his they hair, like, him. tangles in his yeah. face. And I was like, eh. Or when they describe him as, like, Clint Eastwood-like okay. with blue eyes. In, in, to be fair, in the entire first book, they don't describe him. They talk about his blue eyes. His that's, piercing blue eyes. But that's it. They yeah. don't describe him as Clint Eastwood. Yeah. They describe him as a scruffy older man. Yeah. Right. But uh, up to yeah. what I've read so right. far, right. it has 100% allowed me to a good visual? picture. Yeah. It, well, yeah. fuck yeah. It's Idris yeah. Elba. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, um, it's allowed me to picture Idris Elba as Roland, which is really it's cool. It's been giving you a fun experience reading it. Oh, totally. I mean, totally. for me, when I read it, I always pictured Clint Eastwood just because yeah. I've it was the time when I was reading, and I knew about that. And and then the announcement of Idris Elba got made, and I was really nervous that it was going to bother me at first. Right. But it never has. And now that I'm going back and rereading them alongside you, mm-hmm. I'm able to easily— <laughs> Well, not like literally alongside me. Like, you're not just sitting next to We sit in the airplane me. seats, and <laughs> we're like, hey, just... turn the page in three, two, beep. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, it's—you know, now that I'm rereading them— in the same time span as you, yes. I'm able to re-picture for sure with him in it, and it hasn't changed it at all. And I'm actually yeah. very excited about the adaptation because of that. The 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 book so far for me, so like I told you, the first one was a little a little tough. The on, it gets better on your rereads. That I can promise you. The second one so far has been really great, but I'm not very far into it. Yeah. So so far good, but can I use that? As our segue into this episode, worst segue ever. But because you totally wait, can. here we go. It's a reboot, and by reboot I mean not at all a reboot because it is an adaptation <laughs> from a book series into a movie, which kind of, sort of has a little bit to do with movies that are then turned into other movies so, as a reboot and or a requel. Let me kind of follow your train of thought here. So it's a western. Yep. And a Western uh-huh. is being made as Magnificent Seven, right. which is a remake of a Magnificent Seven from the 50s, which is a reboot of Seven Samurai from Japan. Reboot always been around. Here we go. Exactly. Reboot. High five. High five. Should we high five? High five. <laughs> 
High five. High five. High five. High five, son. Woo! High five. Don't let me hang it. And we're back. We are back from high fiving. Gross. Is that how that works? No, that's not a that's not a weird thing. Because we to like do. we high fived, and then people get to hear our sweet yeah. intro. After these messages, like, we'll be high five. So it's almost like if people were to imagine, like after we high five, we just freeze. <laughs> like, oh, I would love it if we did. Like we just, and then the intro plays, and then all of a sudden we're like, and we're back. <laughs> And we're back to consciousness. Like that people, was really weird. I blacked out there thinking, for a solid 12 seconds. You're thinking people just don't understand how editing works <laughs> no, on, on things. Like, right. I guess they just froze. It's like a sporting event during the right. commercials. That's so you just it, freeze. That's how it works. Everyone goes into a huddle. We go off to the side. We come up with our place for the next and thing. It. And they're like, they're like, we're back in five, four. And we're sprinting back to right. the table. To get into that, our position. That's what, right. that's what everyone imagines well, at home. I, I, yeah, I imagine that people, uh, what are those commercials? Have you seen the ones where, like, at the end of the commercial, it's it's like they, they freeze frame, but they're not actually freeze framing. They're just kind of, like, standing Holding there. Holding themselves. Super yeah, that's there's, what it's like. I don't like. know if there's a specific commercial that does that, but there's a lot that do that. Oh, there is one. There was an internet commercial, and I think it was Geico. Okay. And I have to oh, give. Oh, it is the Geico commercial. And it's, yes. there's like three minutes of them being frozen while it's like, you can skip this ad at any time. Yes, but it. they freeze frame, but there's like a dog walking right. around. Right, so they're not frozen. It. It's just them like standing there. I watched the whole three and a half minutes of that just to see how ridiculous it would get. And I, I thought it was the funniest ad ever. Like, wh- if it's not Geico, I have to give props to whoever it is. But right now I'm giving props to Geico. People should email me and tell me what it really is. <laughs> you know how they should email us? How's that? They should email us at my5 at highfivethepodcast.com. They should. And I'm glad you mentioned that because we always do the contact info at the end. After we've already and said all honest, of our great things, nobody's listening to the. End I don't of even our listen show. to the end. Not even <laughs> do to we hear, have an end. Not even to hear the stingers that are that play after the credits, which totally exist. Like we, we're, we're like Marvel. <laughs> yeah, we're except like, shittier. <laughs> we're like Marvel or movies from the nineties that have <laughs> that have mid credits. We're setting up a sequel that we just assume is going to happen. And weirdly enough, the last episode, space Thanos showed up. <laughs> for, is, no for no reason, reason whatsoever. But you know what? 95% of our audience, which is like a half a person, is my <laughs> wife and us, right. uh, probably didn't stick around to hear that part. They, You go back and listen to the space episode, listen all the way to the end, from the beginning, right. all the way to the end, and you'll hear Thanos. In reverse. Yes. Right. You no, that's listen if you hear all the, the way to the end you hear and the then devil play music. it backwards. Yeah. And if you play it backwards while playing Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon forwards, right. your brain explodes. And then here's a message for you. Yeah, play that backwards and see what it says. <laughs> what if it actually did say something like totally I know, racist? I know. Like, <laughs> so, but you know, if it does, you can write in at my5 yeah. at high5thepodcast.com or you can tweet it at us. Yeah, because we're on the Twitter or the tweeter at, as my mom says, <laughs> that Twitter at high h i g h the number five the podcast. That's it. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you were about to say dot com, oh, aren't you? Say, you son of a bitch. You know, that's not how Twitter works. <laughs> no, it's not. That's how commercials work. <laughs> right, that's what fair. is that commercials like dot com? Uh, dot com. Oh, uh, I don't know. Overstock. <laughs> 
I don't think so, but this is a lot of is pausing it, is for it our beard, podcast. Beard money. Dot That's such a, a a shitty jingle because I don't even remember the product. I just remember the part <laughs> that's in every website ever, <laughs> except for EDU. So it really works for anything. It's yeah. actually high five the podcast. Dot But oh. yeah, so people can check us out on our website. They can get at us. They can message us. They can tell us if uh, our lists are shitty. They can tell us that our lists are great. Which they are. They can tell us uh, if we say racist things when played backwards. (laughs) Which they probably do. Um, They can tell us if they listen to the end of the show or not. Yeah. You know what? I'll tell you what. If you don't listen to the end of the show, we'll just cut off the end of the show. We'll never have an end of the show. It'll just be the show that never ends. How about this? Here's a deal I'll make every listener out there. If you don't listen to the end of the show... Uh-huh. You won't hear the end of the show. Deal. It just won't exist. Sold. Existentially, it won't it's exist. It's like Schrodinger's end of podcast. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. If they don't listen to it, it may, it may or may, or may not, not exist. exist. You don't know. Simultaneously. If you don't listen to it, you don't know if we just stopped right after you stopped listening. Right. Or if we actually recorded the rest of the podcast. Right. It's Schrodinger's podcast. You're welcome, audience. Yeah. We should start a podcast called Schrodinger's Podcast that may or and may just not fuck exist. With people says, <laughs> yeah. So we'll just put it out and we'll put we'll like set it up so on iTunes it says it's like forty five minutes long. <laughs> maybe it, not. Maybe not. Maybe not. Right. They may start it and it may start and kind of go like this. Was that Schrodinger's podcast? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I don't it know. was. Did somebody stop listening just then? Because maybe I kept talking. All right. Anyway, and you go to the top, and then movies up. We better, start, when, we better start talking before people actually what is that, What are we actually out. talking about this week? All right. This week, much like we said right before we high-fived and paused for forever seconds And babbled exactly, about nothing. Uh, we're talking about reboots, which some people may say that we should reboot this episode. But we won't until right. 10 years from now, or if you're Marvel, three years from now. But we're doing something that's kind of weird that um, you and I kind of had, I don't want to say, a lover's quarrel over. But I will. We had a lover's quarrel. I would uh, over. I, I would say tryst. A tryst? Yeah. All right. And some may say that it was t- a tawdry tryst. Tawdry tryst? <laughs> yeah. That's hard to say. Tawdry tryst. Tawdry tryst. Tawdry tryst. Tawdry tryst. Tawdry tryst. Because Todric. we were trying to figure <laughs> Todrick Hall? Yeah. We were trying to figure out if, uh, because for this episode, which is about, I'm going to lovingly call a rebuquel or a rebuquel. <laughs> oh, my God. Or reboot, rebootquel. <laughs> I hate that so much. Um, but we were trying to figure out, so we wanted to do remakes and reboots. Now, you had suggested we I, do two episodes. I have a problem with this, right. and I'll tell you why. Right. Because remakes and reboots are technically separate things. And let me explain to you what that means as I push up my glasses. Okay. Well, Q, yep. a Please. remake is a movie that actually honors the source material, uh-huh. but tries to improve upon it with whatever the times may be. So think uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Or think ex- Psycho, right? You know, from you got the 1960 version, and then you've got the 1998 version, the Vince Vaughn version, right? So it's the color. exact same movie, but it's in color with modern actors, with modern digital equipment, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you've got The Ring. Which is, you know, taking a Japanese source material uh-huh. and making an Americanized version of it. It doesn't change the Ooh, story. I'm going to come back to this one. But okay. yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so it doesn't change the story, right. but it, it adapts it for a different audience in a different time period. Tone. And then, like, uh, another good one, another good example is the Total Recall that just came out a couple years ago. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm not Wait, saying it's a good. Wait, they remade that? Yeah. 
I'm not saying it's a good movie, but you've got the Arnold Schwarzenegger that, one. That was the joke. Yeah. Me asking if they were Because it was terrible. <laughs> so, I mean, but you've got, you know, the 1990s version with Arnold Schwarzenegger, which is very good and has three tits. And then you've got the newer version with starring who the fuck cares. But it is the same movie. It also has three tits. Yeah, it also, they did bring that one aspect yeah, so back. that's the one good part. So, that's a remake. And there are... A plethora of those. There right. are millions of those. Sure. But then you've also got reboots, okay. which take the original source material, but then reconceptualize it, reconceptualizes it, uh-huh. while trying to continue the same themes. Re- re- so reconceptualizes. Reconceptualizes. Yeah, that, that's the word. Okay. Uh, it's it's it was my four dollar word on the toilet paper that I. Used. I like that. That's solid. But so you've got like just s- like yeah. you being on the toilet. <laughs> so you've got Spider Man. And the Amazing Spider-Man. Okay. Same like origin stories, both of them, but it's not the same movie. Right. And you've got Planet of the Apes. Yep. So you've got Charlton Heston, and then you've got Tim Burton's Catastrophe. Yes. So it's not the same movie, the same but movie. it's the same heart. Yes. So technically, there are ample opportunities to come up with a top five for either choice, but you wanted very desperately to combine the two. Right. And can I say why? Please do, because that's what we ended up doing. Okay. I, I bent to your will. It's because our audience is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Let me push up my glasses. Right. Um, that's the long and short of it. Uh, I feel, personally, um, for our type of show, um, that it works better if we just combine the two. Because in my mind, I think much like our audience, stupidly. <laughs> so... Um, so when I think about a reboot or a remake, I see absolutely your valid points on technicality. Yes, technically speaking, they can be considered two different things. In my mind, though, a remake, while rejiggering a plot... Remake, all, reboot, rejigger? It can, exactly. Recycle, it can, reuse, it, rejigger? It's all the reboot, same thing. Remake? It is a story that, at its core, it has the main <laughs> plot conceits as its predecessor Mm -hmm. while it may not be the same story that is being told it's like another issue of spider-man it doesn't make it something other than spider-man it's just a different run of spider-man so for me i considered them being too close in the same vein for us to comfortably do two separate shows right now which is ultimately why i conceded to doing it this way but that's not to say that we can't revisit it down the road and reboot with it? a reboot i love it i want to do an episode rebooting this episode just about reboots that's totally fine but, i'm on board you know and i and i actually did it and honestly if i'm going to be completely truthful with you one of for my the reasons first time yeah, ever one of my reasons for arguing against the point in four two episodes was, yeah. it was just really damn it hard is really hard to get down because once you start thinking about it almost everything in the past 20 years yeah. is a remake or oh, a definitely. reboot of something definitely it hollywood has run out of ideas entirely but ultimately like, i just wanted you to to i wanted you to stoop to my level and just pick from the heart. Pick from well, what movies spoke to you. I mean, like, think about it. If it's not a comic book movie, it's almost a remake nowadays. Yeah. We're at least three years away from a reboot of Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. For sure. <laughs> Gotta be. You know, it's weird that you brought that up because I actually watched that movie last night. That movie stands up. It holds its own. <laughs> I was actually going to say the complete opposite. That movie Christina, is 
awful. Oh, Christina Applegate is good. Okay, but you've got to watch it in comparison with other like '90s kid power movies. Like you got to think Camp Nowhere, House yeah. Arrest. Can I tell you those movies weird... are just terrible? Can I tell you, tell you a weird factoid about uh, Steve Herrick, the director of Don't Tell Mom? Please do. Dead. I love I love weird All facts. Right, so let me um let me inform you of something odd that I I did some googling while I was watching this movie last night. Gross. To Christina Applegate? <laughs> yeah, I was. I was. I was Googling all over the place. Uh, so Steve Herrick, I think is how you pronounce his yeah, name. Yeah, it is. He directed this. Mm-hmm. Right before he directed this, he directed Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Okay. Okay. Shooting two for two. Right. Uh, he also directed uh, 101 Dalmatians, the live action movie. Oh, with, with Jeff Daniels? Yeah, and Glenn Close. <laughs> um, Glenn Close made a good Cruella, though. Oh, absolutely. I 100% agree. Um, but this guy's got a really weird track record. Um, so, yeah. I just Anybody anybody who's curious about him, go look it up. An IMDb? Yeah, he's, he's one of those that you're just like, really? <laughs> the IMDb star? That's kind of weird. And now he's, if, uh, now he's kind of relegated to, like, weird TV show. Mm. Like that's reboots, what he just yeah, he just reboots. Weird <laughs> well, I mean, TV speaking shows. of reboots and TV shows, we got the Lethal Weapon one coming out here in a little bit, which is probably just going to be a catastrophe. I mean, there's just so it, we've completely run out of ideas. It seems like, but when I was trying to narrow it down, it was getting so hard because you've got things like like Twenty One Jump Street, which is technically a reboot. Yeah, um, you've got like Ocean's Eleven, which is a reboot for people who don't know. Um, you know, Cape Fear was made a couple of times. Godzilla, which just came out. Uh, Little Shop of Horrors with Rick Moranis is technically a reboot. Oh, so yeah. all these are, like, so good, and it was hard for me to cut any of them out. Oh, this is it. I had to Google it while you were telling me that. Uh, he also directed Mr. Holland's Opus. Hey, that's a pretty – that's an okay And movie. The Three Musketeers. Oh, okay. Wait, which which Three Musketeers? Uh, this the, is the, the one, one that's, like, the musical? Donald Sutherland. Or the, okay. Or, no, no. So the good Kiefer, Three Kiefer Mus- Sutherland? <laughs> And uh, Charlie Sheen and Chris O'Donnell. So that's the okay Three Musketeers. At least it wasn't the Zack Snyder's Three Musketeers from a couple years ago. Do you remember that one? Oh, yes. Oh, man, that was all. That was a garbage fire. That was a garbage fire. But okay, so I mean, he's. Uh, Speaking of Rush Hour, uh, Steve Herrick directed an episode of Rush Hour, the reboot. The reboot TV show that you were just talking about. You're like, now he's rebooting. Yeah. There was a TV show, Rush Hour? Yeah. With. Didn't you just say that? No, I said Lethal Weapon. Oh. Yeah, there's a Rush Hour TV series. What? Yeah. Did it have Jackie Chan in it? <laughs> no, of <laughs> course I, not. Why do, I not, why do I not know about this? Yeah, it's current. This is ongoing now. Oh, that's terrible. He also directed Hawaii Five-0, which is another reboot. Yeah. Uh, he directed Dolly Parton's Coat of Many Colors. Which is a reboot. A, a lifetime. A reboot. Which <laughs> this is a de-boot. <laughs> uh, see what we did there. Zingity boobs. All right. So, okay. So, so yeah. but I had, okay. So for this, because there were so many to choose from, I did have like honorable mentions that listed in the dozens. But the one that I'll mention that didn't make my list that it, it killed me not to put it on there was the Coen Brothers True Grit. Yep. That reboot That's on remake my honorable mentions is too. great. It is great. It is, it, I mean, anything that Coen Brothers do, as anyone who listens to this podcast knows, we're huge fans. And just every, like Haley Steinfeld, her role in it, it's just, she is fantastic. Uh, I mean, just the whole cast. I was very nervous going in because the original version is very, very good. Oh, I agree. Definitely. And 
that one, it killed me not to put it on the list, and, and my wife is probably going to kill me when I get home for not putting it on the list, but it just barely got edged out by some of these others, and it was because you made me combine the two thought the, the, the two types of movies. That's fair. So Well, I will tell you this. Uh, that also is on my honorable mention list, but also on my honorable mention list, a movie that we were just talking about, uh, The Jungle Book. We were talking about it off air. You just saw that. I did just see that. Wow, it's a recent addition to your list. It is a very, very recent addition, but it's it's not on my list. It's yeah. honorable mention. But I saw it and I was like, it oddly hues pretty close to the animated movie. Yeah. Like they somehow were able to make a live action version of this animated movie and not make it seem like a joke. Like oh it actually man, the other live action remakes <clears throat> have really not well. been good. No. Like the Cinderella remake, no. which with. Boring. Rupert, Rupert guy. Who, I will Rupert, say whatever his name is. Rupert Sanders. Is yeah. that his name? The director. Yeah. They, yeah. He did like uh, Snow, or he did the Huntsman. Was that him? Yeah, which is terrible. The, what I remember him in is he was in the Chamber of Secrets. Oh, you're talking player. about the actor? No, the director. Oh, the director. The guy who directed that movie was the the oh what, and I'm, my wife's gonna kill me for forgetting his name, but he's the teacher in Chamber of Secrets. Quirrell? No, he's the fraud. Remember oh. the Chamber of Secrets, the fraud, oh, defense against the dark yes. art teacher? No. That's him. Oh, I know. Hold on. His name. Rupert he also directed. No, it's not. It's he not? Direct, no, he directed uh, Thor, too. Um, shit. His name's not shit, but some of his movies no. are. All right, you, you, you keep going. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look this up. So, well, but yeah, tell me. Okay. Well, I'll just. Do you want me to dive into my list or you want me to oh, wait. like pause while you look at the <laughs> No, no, no. Star? Actually, I, while I'm looking this up, I'm going to tell you. So there was something else that I had on my honorable mention oh, as okay. well. Uh, the BFG hmm. is on my honorable I haven't honorable seen that mention. either yet. Another really well done mm-hmm. adaptation of an animated movie. Right. Both by Disney this year. Now, this one directed by Spielberg. Right. So this Which, was like heavy hitter. The other one's Favreau too, though. So, yeah. I mean, still heavy hitter directors doing animation adaptations which was very good um, um, kenneth branagh kenneth not rupert not it's another rupert. that type of name a kenneth rupert name kenneth branagh yeah kenneth branagh but um but he's yeah. married to somebody famous i don't know I'm i think he's i think he's married to like gwyneth paltrow or something. Oh, no yeah? no not really? not gwyneth paltrow um shit whatever who cares email the show if you know who he's married to he's married to some famous actress that's like a big deal. Look up Kenneth Branagh wife. No. <laughs> okay. Well, right, then do you so, just want to get into the yes, list then? Right, yes. <laughs> my goodness. Yes. I'm bust my balls. Okay. So my number five yep. is what is a movie we've actually talked about before. Uh-huh. But it was on my list for similar reasons as we've discussed it. But it's J.J. Abrams' Star Trek. And it's on – it's what number? Number five? Number five. Solid. So that's my number five reboot. Okay. Uh, definitely falls into the category of reboots. But things that we've talked about in other episodes is it took something that I really gave no shits about whatsoever and made me truly enjoy the film, which is a tough sell to do. Especially when it's regarding a property that you, as you said, could give two shits about. But an interesting – there are others on my list that we will get to that I almost think it's a harder hurdle to overcome something that I liked originally and then reboot it and make me like it again. So, for instance, the Evil Dead remake. You remember that? Okay, that came yeah, out a couple yeah, years? yeah. I love the Sam Raimi oh, Evil yeah. Dead movies. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah. them. So when the remake came out, they can add as many special effects. They can make it as scary as they want to. It is tough to overcome that hurdle. Sure. So if you take something I don't like and make it good, 
I'm much more likely to enjoy it and get on board. Yeah. But it is still overcoming that idea of just decades of either disgust or apathy. Yeah, I can get behind that. I just that. don't care about Star Trek, but he really made me like it. So sure. it's number five on my list for that specific reason. I think that's a solid reason. I thought it was a good reboot. I thought it was a good movie. Mm-hmm. And it it's one that I can go back and watch. Now, there are plot holes and there are structural whatever's in there, and we could get into a very technical debate about it, but sure. I don't want this episode to last no. four hours. Yes. So it took... <laughs> like our last one. <laughs> yeah, my goodness. So uh, so this this one won't last as long. But So that's my number well, five. Well, I mean, people talk. may never know. They don't listen to the end of our <laughs> Right. Anyway. Schrodinger's So it may actually podcast. last 18 hours for all yeah. they know. Schrodinger's uh, hours. So that's yeah, my number five. I like that. Star yeah. Trek, number five. That's solid. My number four. Mm-hmm. You ready for this? I am. And this one actually may surprise people, not because it's on my list, but because it's a remake. Okay. Scarface by Brian De Palma. You know, I would, I want to be like, <gasps> but I've heard this before. Yeah. I don't know what it's a remake of. It is, it's actually a remake of a 1932 movie okay. by uh, Howard Hawk. Okay. Who made every movie in the 30s, by the way. This is back when they had contract players and contract directors. So this he was old, the director. Yeah, this was old Hollywood. Like, he, gotcha. he directed everything, and he directed A Scarface in 1932. Completely different, though. Like, it was... Not about a Cuban... It was immigrant. Italian mobsters in okay. New York City. All right. And, you know, it was... They, not, obviously not Al Pacino, although no, he is no. possibly old enough to he, have done that one. I well. think his grandfather saw the movie. Saul yeah. Pacino? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Saul Pacino saw it. And uh, Senator Saul Pacino saw it in New York City. No, but it was uh, it's actually you know, the Howard Hawk film. Uh, originally, Brian De Palma wasn't even going to direct it. It was Sidney LeMay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. So Sidney LeMay was originally going to direct that, but he had to drop out for whatever reasons, but it was his idea um, to change it around. So Brian De Palma came in and sort of made it, you know, the, the Cuban focus that it is, but a lot of the concept came from Sydney's original viewpoint. You know, I love this one. This Scarface is one of my favorite movies, so a lot of people listening may be like, I had no idea it was a remake it's at because all. because you love doing mountains of cocaine? Uh, yes. Is that- <laughs> I love doing mountains of fake cocaine mountains. and shooting grenade Just launchers mountains. in my house. Yes. While saying little quippy lines. I totally get it. But, I mean, this movie was one that I I grew up just being baffled by. It's so violent and so crazy. I think they originally were going to rate it X. And they had to edit it down, like, a whole bunch. And one of the ways that De Palma got it to not be rated X Uh is he brought in federal narcotic agents. And they were like, no, this is actually pretty accurate to how things are in real life. So the MPAA was like, oh, okay, I guess it's oh, hard. Oh, we'll then. let it slide. Yeah, it's like a documentary as opposed to an X-rated <laughs> Scarface. Film. The documentary. Yeah. So yeah, so Scarface. Some people probably treat it a little too close <laughs> to a documentary. You know, I mean, I can tell you for me, I spend most weekends chaining people up in bathtubs and sawing off their arms <laughs> with chainsaws. Well, I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, it's pretty much a prerequisite to be on a little-known MTV show called Cribs. <laughs> <laughs> Almost and, every episode was like, yo, this is my house. Also, this is my copy of Scarface. I watch this is it my, daily. This is my framed poster of Scarface. I got it at a $5 sale while I was in college. Daily. This is where the magic happens. Daily. This is where the murder happens. Daily. This is my mountain of cocaine. That I'm doing daily. That I'm doing right now. <laughs> now come look at my cars. That's exactly what it is. 
But yeah, that's Cribs. <laughs> and goes, wow, 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 wow. Yeah. That's the end of Cribs. And then they're like, "Get out of here! How did you get in my house?" I love that every episode of Cribs, you come into one room and there's 40 people there for no reason. Yeah, they're just like, like "Oh, this is my boy. These are my boys. This is Andre and Aaron Lil, and Devin. Lil, we don't Lil like Andre. <laughs> we don't like Devin. Yeah. Devin, get out of here, Devin. Stupid. <laughs> This is my cocaine. <laughs> this is my living room cocaine. That was my bathroom cocaine. This is my kitchen cocaine. <laughs> and this is my garage. No cocaine in here. And the realtor said, this is my reading nook cocaine. <laughs> and this is my breakfast nook. No cocaine. No we, keep, we keep the kitchen pretty tidy. Yeah. Uh, so but yeah. I mean, Scarface, you've seen it, and yeah. it's great. It's also an awesome example of Hollywood whitewashing. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, my a goodness. very non-Cuban <laughs> actor <laughs> playing a very Cuban immigrant. <laughs> very. I, yeah. I mean, they gave Today, him a... Today, that would not fly. They gave him a nice tan, though. Yeah, if they were to be like Matt Damon in Scarface... <laughs> People, people would be outraged. You mean like Matt Damon in The Great Wall? <laughs> exactly. You're forgetting. Exactly. Wait, you know what? He played his character. Um, what was that movie where it's Ocean's Eleven? No, no, no. Where it's in the future and it has Jodie Jody Foster and she's uh, Elysium. Oh, Elysium. Yeah. I'm pretty sure his character was supposed to be Hispanic in that movie. Really? Because it has like a name like. Gomez or and like introducing La Matt Damon. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, what? <laughs> well, that's you can actually tell a little bit with Al Pacino because he's like La Hua. <laughs> yep, that's exactly. And then he's like Hua with an agu. <laughs> Is that what it's called? <laughs> yeah, it's an agu, the little line that goes above the A's that's and fantastic. the fantastic. The more you know, <laughs> the more you blow. <laughs> and it's my cocaine. <laughs> Of cocaine. <laughs> this is my kitchen cocaine. <laughs> so that's pretty solid, man. Yeah. So far, you got a good five and four. So yeah. hit me up with your three. Number three. Trace. I'm going to see if you can guess it. I I'm going to tell you. <laughs> Al Pacino's here. <laughs> Ooh, ah, Trace. <laughs> Say hello to my cocaine. <laughs> okay, uh, so my number three is one of. <laughs> if you made me is do. Juan. <laughs> Is one of uh, my my favorite. If you have, if I had to do a top ten just favorite movies ever, this would probably be on there. Wow. Okay. So, um, and it's not high up in this list. It's at three. But I will tell you the well, director. Some may say that's yeah. halfway. <laughs> so. Depending, we're using odd numbers. There really is no low, halfway. It's not really low or high. Yeah, it's just pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's okay. pretty good. Um, the director, David Cronenberg. Ooh, I'm gonna guess at what this is. Please. Uh white girls <laughs> spring breakers <laughs> no um the fly yeah with jeff goldblum yep another remake from like the night of 1957 yeah, 58 tell me if i get this right it's help me <laughs> this, right? the uh, best ending ever we're like okay these movies are so totally different this is technically <laughs> yeah this falls into the remake category well, one has they do gina no, davis so. yeah and the other has jeff goldblum exactly <laughs> Do you actually know Gina Davis got that role because Jeff Goldblum was dating her at the time? No, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Nice. That's why she has Nepotism that role. Nepotism. And then they finest. then they broke up before filming started. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would explain how the relationship goes in the yeah. movie. Yeah. Michael Keaton was actually going to be the Jeff Goldblum character. Michael he, Keaton? Yeah, but he backed out. 
Yeah. I really like Jeff Goldblum in this movie. I like Jeff Goldblum in pretty much everything except for Independence Day My Resurrection. My wife loves him no matter what. He yeah. can do no wrong. Did you see that Tim and Eric fake commercial he did? Uh, for like microwaves or some shit? Uh, no, I don't think it was really. Look it up online. He did like Tim and, Tim Heidecker directed a very absurd commercial starring Jeff Goldblum. He's like in a hot tub or something. It's oh, is it him like playing a piano like so. in the hot tub? I I, they did a series of them. It's fantastic. Yeah. But um, yeah, uh, Michael Keaton was gonna do it, but he turned it down. Uh, Gina Davis was in it because of Jeff Goldblum, which is, right. is fantastic. But these movies couldn't be too different. Like the the Kurt Newman one from the fifties. Dude literally turns into a fly like and an then gets actual yeah, fly. like actual like buzz buzz like, lit- fly. He shrinks. <laughs> he yes. becomes like a tiny fly and then gets stuck in a spider web with the famous help me. Help me. This is my cocaine. <laughs> this is my web cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, and but Who's the cron- my little friend. <laughs> say, say hello to my little friend. It's me. <laughs> help me. <laughs> But yes. <laughs> so, I mean, and the Cronenberg one is total Cronenberg. Like, it right. is so full on. They went full Cronenberg they for did. this film, which is great. Cronenberg has <laughs> I a style. Say, it is gross. It is gross. It is gross. I remember there is a scene. I saw that movie when I was young. Yeah, and me there's too. a scene in it that sticks with me to this day is when he's arm wrestling the guy in the bar. And he, throws and he, up. And he like, vomits on it and breaks his arm in half. I, to this day, cannot watch arm wrestling or participate in it because I am convinced every arm wrestling match ends with someone's arm getting snapped in half. By the other person because of, Yeah, because of this movie. And then the end is, is just so brilliant when the fly, you know, he goes in there and then he makes that dog monster, that Cronin dog. Yeah. And, oh, it's just, oh, gross. The Brundle dog. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then, the, I mean, but the end is beautiful when he blows his head off it's yeah. sort of scanners again it <laughs> more is it's, it, it, but it it totally uh it, it went in a weird direction but that one of the that movie to me sort of encapsulizes the perfect way to do a remake you know yeah. we talked about the technicalities of you know switching from re- or reboots to remakes that one to me as opposed to my number two which is i think the best remake ever done yeah. This one is a close second, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, f- another fun fact. You want to know another fun fact I, about this oh, I movie? I love fun facts. Mel Brooks is a producer on that movie. On but the he, fly? On the fly, but he refused to have his name listed on on any so of the... So financially, he's a producer. Yes. And, like, creatively and story right. structure. But as far as, like, like credit-wise... He refused to have his name in there because he thought it would diminish the quality of the horror and suspense of the film because people only associate You know what? That's pretty upstanding comedy. of him, though. Yeah. You He's like, I don't want my name associated with it, but I want to be part are of this be film. be like, oh, this is a black comedy. Yeah. And not like a black so, comedy. But so, like, no, it's not like Air. It's not like Soul Plane, <laughs> right. like, which is neither a film nor funny. Or a reboot. <laughs> or a reboot. This is my plane cocaine. Can you, is it possible to do an unboot? <laughs> Can we unboot that movie? Can we just like delete all files of it? Control unboot. Control alt unboot. Yeah, hashtag unboot soul plane. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. So unlike that, this one is is fantastic. But Mel Brooks literally pulled himself out of any press and any not- notoriety from it because he wanted to be part of the production, but didn't want to diminish the end product 
by associating himself publicly I dig with that it. very much. Yeah. yeah, I think that's cool. I thought it was really cool. But again, I think Mel Brooks is a super upstanding dude, so he, that's just a cool he like is a ge- thing. He's a genius. He is a genius. He is a genius. So, so that's my five, four, three. So that's so where we are. It for me. So uh, we got five. number five, Star Trek. Yep. A reboot yep. by J.J. Uh, Abrams. Old We've got four, Scarface, yep. which is a remake because it's reconceptualizing You should have used the opportunity it. to say, say hello to my number four. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> say hello to my number four. <laughs> yeah, that Whoa, sounded that was way, way more Mexican. That sounded way. terrible. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, but just so we know, hold on, hold on, just so we know. I don't mean Mexican as a people's. I mean, like, you sound like you were doing a really poor, like, Mexican impression. I'm going to build a wall between me and that impression, and I'm going to make <laughs> the should. impression build Please that wall. Do. So, and that's it. Number four, Scarface. Yep. And number three is Cronenberg's The Fly. I like it. So, I think you've got that's my list so far. I've got one reboot and two remakes. And yep. then my number twos, and my number two and one. It's going to be a mixture of the two. So there's going to be one reboot and one remake. Oh, shit. Yeah, I'm all over the place. I'm all over the place. You can't predict what I'm going to do. <laughs> all right, here we go. So let's bust into my number five. Gross. And I'm going to tie my number five into your number five by making it the same thing. Star Trek. Hi, five. 2009. Hi, number five. <laughs> That's a, good a great one. movie. We talked about it on our last, uh, on our space episode. Our, it's our space epic? Yeah, we did. Um it's a good flick, and it, it did the same, just like you were talking about, it did the same thing for both of us in that it took a property that really neither one of us were, A, familiar with, and B, could give two shits about, and it actually, I left the theater going, holy shit, I think I like Star Trek now. Do I like the, the like, thing from uh, Step Brothers, like, are we best friends? Yeah. Do I like Star Trek right. now? It was yes. like It was like I accidentally lost my virginity. <laughs> like, I was just like, holy shit. Did I just have sex? Did J.J. Abrams pop your Star Trek bubble? <laughs> I, he did. Like Your Star Cherry? Yeah, he was very gentle lover. So, <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. Um, this is my star cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, going boldly where no man has gone before, into mountains of cocaine. <laughs> into my space cherry. But we really can't say much more about that movie. I mean, yeah. We've talked it to death. It's a great flick. You like it. I like it. It's both our number fives. It is both of our number fives. High so, fives. <laughs> it is our high number fives. Uh, so my number four, I think you're also familiar with, and I'm going to help you. Is it the fly? It's the fly. Oh, okay. High five again. Yeah. Okay. Yes. This, so my number people four are going to be mad at this episode because we're just talking about the I same know. movies over and over but again. But that's okay. You know what? Because this is our show. Yeah. And if they don't like it, they can continue not listening to it. You like know what? They already do. Go reboot yourself. <laughs> yeah. Go. Yeah. Wait. All. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So. The Fly, exactly yeah. for all the reasons that we talked about. I mean, Cronenberg, how good is Cronenberg? Well, first off, I'm a big Cronenberg fan in general. Yeah. Um, as I know you are, his his, I mean, he's got body horror mm-hmm. in in the bag. Like, I'm that not is sure anyone thing. beats him with that. No, 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 no. Like his imagery is is the kind that I mean, you have gore. Yeah. Right. But he does something different outside of gore i wouldn't even consider it gore he does almost just it's it's disturbing i would say the only thing that i think i've ever seen that came close to giving me the same feels that cronenberg's movies give me when he goes full-on body horror would be the thing yeah i can can agree with that i think that's one of the only times outside of a cronenberg movie that i've seen something that has made my skin crawl literally and figuratively yeah. By 
watching just this visceral distortion of human body. I'm glad you said visceral too, because when we're talking about David Cronin, Cronenberg, uh, one he has a reference on one of my favorite Rick and Morty episodes when it has the Cronenberg, the Cronenberg universe, the Cronenberg universe. I thought the Cronin Morty and Cronin, yeah. yeah, I I love that episode, but he does visceral in a way that's not over the top. He does it in a in a sort of unrealistically realistic way and i know that doesn't make much sense but like think of movies no, like eastern sense. promises yeah. or um a dangerous mind yep you know in a dangerous mind you is it eastern promises or a dangerous mind where he like breaks the bottle over somebody's face that's uh eastern no, that's history of violence oh history of violence. he did that's that one too yes, yes, yes. and it's so realistic and there's actually a guy nowadays who does it almost as well and i can't remember his name right now but he's the guy who directed green room and oh. uh, and blue ruin. Yes, 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 yes. He does visceral violence in almost the same way as Cronenberg, minus all of the body horror. Right. He just takes the history of violence, Eastern Promises style, and encapsulate those in a very Coen Brothers way. It feels uber realistic yes. and heavy. But I mean, with with Cronenberg, like Naked Lunch yep. is just horrifying on every level you've got the fly you've got you know dead zone videodrome which is amazing scanners which has the best head explosion ever which you know how they made that head explosion Uh it was a scene where they had a fake like head filled with all the fake gore Uh and they literally had a shotgun locked up behind the dummy and blew it what blew it up with a shotgun that's and, just, and just cut in the scene. That's why it looks like it does, because it is a shotgun blowing up a fake human head. That's amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sort of bogarting your number no, no, four. No, 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 that's fine. No, we, we share yeah. we share this. This it's Now, for you, is your number three. Mm-hmm. For me, it's the number four, because my number three holds a, a, bet, a, bet, a more important spot for me Ooh. in my heart, okay. in my heart of hearts. And I think you offhandedly mentioned it at the top of our show, possibly. Oh, did I? If I remember correctly. I mean, am, am I rattling my, off of all the different my ones? My number three is Little Shop of Horrors. That that I told you that we came so close <laughs> to being on my list. Yep. If we were doing remakes, yep. that would have been there. We are doing remakes. I know, but if we were doing just remakes, <laughs> right? Like just remakes right. and just reboots, because that one took a story from the fifties and made it a musical. That's right. And as you know. I am a major musical right. fan. I thought you were going to say Rick Moranis head. Yes. Well, I'm also a Moranis a, big, a, Moran, a Moranisite, if you will. Um, An Alanis Moranisite? <laughs> yes. And this is my Moranis cocaine. Uh, only for Moranis. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this movie for me is one of those, like, I grew up with this movie. And it's one of those that I watched regularly. And I have gone back and I watched the George Romero mm. uh, B movie. It's very different extremely different They don't say movie. Feed Me Seymour once in that movie. <laughs> they don't. They don't. But uh, similar conceit. Man-eating plant. Um, the characters are a lot a lot less likable in his version. Everybody is just kind of, in, in the Romero version, everybody is just kind of a shitty character. Everybody is pretty much um, Steve Martin. <laughs> Yeah, they're all just bad people. And so you really don't care when people are dying. You're just kind of like, okay, like, yes, they deserve to die. Now, the uh, Little Shop of Horrors one, that's one we can go into depth with because it's not on your list that I know of yet. It's on mine. Um, 
and it went through several iterations. It did. The stage play, very different from the Romero movie. This is an adaptation of the stage play and the Romero movie. The ending of this, there's two versions. I don't think Are you I'm... aware of this? Vaguely, but I honestly, okay. this this will be new to me. So we'll go through the ending that you know. Okay. I'm sure. The, the theatrical release ending ends with Seymour saving Audrey from the plant right. and Seymour fighting the plant and Seymour and Audrey living happily ever after after the aftermath of destroying the plant. Right. Right? That is not how the play ends or how the re-release version of this movie plays out with my favorite ending. And that is everyone dies. Really? They Even all die. Seymour. Even Seymour. And the the plants take over the world and eat everyone. So the original the original uh, ending was that. That was the intended ending that the director Frank Oz had had already filmed and they test screened it and people were like, oh my god, that's too dark. You can't kill Rick Moranis. He's our character through the whole like he is he's our our surrogate. You can't Ghostbusters one Rick right. Moranis. You can't kill audrey like wait he's going to let the plant eat the woman that he's in love with no 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 no. so the studio did what studios are famous for doing and they went back and they, <laughs> and they <laughs> yeah just keep talking so you can't <laughs> i can't because i want to listen to this somewhere but, that's green but you, you can't uh you can't have that happen. Our characters have you have to have a happy ending. You can't end the world with this plan. You can't the mist this movie. Right. What are you thinking? This is a musical. <laughs> but yeah, that's how it ends. And I I highly 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 recommend if you get the opportunity to go back and watch it with the restored alternate ending. Do so. It makes for a completely different viewing experience. You get this awesome scene at the end where um, Seymour comes in after finding Audrey half eaten already by uh, by the plant by Audrey too, and tries to stop. As if he just kind of goes, "Oh shucks!" Tries, instead of trying to no, saving her, he saves her, and they have the whole scene where he gets her, he pulls her out of the plant, and he takes her outside. But instead of her living, she dies from the injuries that she's already sustained, which is logical, right? And so she has this moment. She's like, like partially digested. She's like, "Oh Seymour." And she dies. That's a very good impression. Right, thank you. And then he picks her up, realizing, well, I might, like, I can't just, I'm not just going to let her body go to waste. And he picks her up, <laughs> and he carries her back inside and feeds her to Audrey, too. And at this point, he's very upset. That so, hurts my soul. So then he's like, fuck this. Like, I'm killing the plant now. Like, this, Oh, I thought he was just going to, like, sacrifice himself to this no, plant. No, 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 no. So he's going to fight, and in in the theatrical release movie, he does fight, and they have kind of like this extended scene where he like kind of has this brave moment, right? Well, instead, it's over very quickly. He like gets up balls like he's going to fight. The plant wraps its tentacles around him, picks him up, and just eats him. <laughs> like, she's like, fuck this. Yeah. I'm taking over it. the world. And it ends with this awesome scene where the plant, after gulping him down, burps and his glasses come flying Amazing. out and land on the sidewalk with a cracked lens <laughs> like 
No, dead. Super dead. <laughs> like the beginning, and then yeah. Transformer starts. And then all of a sudden, these news things start popping up. And, you know, throughout the movie, I don't know how much you remember it, people had approached Seymour to take clippings of this plant to sell them in right. stores all over the country. Well, they have done that now, and, and it's been, it was like, it was the Tickle Me Elmo of the time. Well, that's sort of how the movie kind of ends, because right. he kills the Audrey too, but and they, then, like, the little plants are singing. They allude to it. Yeah. So it's more, like, inferred, yeah. whereas this full-on shows the destruction of the world. Like, it's you sort see, of like the end of James Franco's Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Like, where you just see the news results of everyone right. dying across yeah, the world. Except this one, like, you have actual footage of giant building-sized plants crashing <laughs> through buildings, <laughs> eating trains. I really like this. Like, it's amazing. Okay, I kind of so, like this. So, yeah. So, that's why it is my number three. Okay. It's because, awesome, it crushes the original, no pun intended. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, it's great. Right great. before, uh, plus I'm getting I'm getting a feed me Seymour tattoo. Ask so. answer me this though: yeah. in that version, when Audrey two picks up Seymour, uh-huh. right before he eats him, does he say "Feed me Seymour" with twisting the phrase around? I don't think so. Uh, then I don't like missed opportunity. <laughs> missed opportunity. Missed <laughs> missed connections. Hashtag missed opportunity. Uh, yeah, that's true. So yeah, so that's it, man. That's my five three three. Now recap them for me. I've got number five. Abram Star Trek. I got number four, The Fly. The Fly. And number three, Little Shop, Little Shop Horror. Somewhere that's green. <laughs> so I say, Somewhere t- that's three. <laughs> Somewhere cocaine. <laughs> and this is my plant, cocaine. <laughs> so I say we take this opportunity to hear from some of our sponsors. Not our second, or no, we're going to hear from our second sponsors. You <laughs> suck at this. Yeah, I do. Our first sponsors are, of course, BeardMoney.com. I mean, right. we love those guys. They or, sell, as we've discussed, yeah. BeardMoney.com. Yeah, I mean, we love those guys. They have great products. You know, you can't have a, a nasty neck beard and an oily, gross beard during Ew. the summer. Ew. You don't want that. No. You know what you do want? Beard money. You want this nice beard money shirt that I'm actually wearing right it looks now. Good. It does look good. It, it looks. Super it takes good. off ten pounds. It does. It, it makes me lose weight and puts it in your beard. Yep. <laughs> beard weight. But anyway, one of the things that beardmoney.com <laughs> slinging that beard weight, dog. <laughs> Gross. Uh, one of the things that beardmoney.com is doing for us is yep. that everyone who listens to this show, if you go to beardmoney.com and use the promo code High Five, they're taking off twenty percent of your order. That's it. So they're knocking off a big chunk of change here for any beard-related products, beard-related merchandise. And you've got to get some. I wear I wear this shirt is like literally one of the most comfortable shirts I have. He wears so, it literally every day. Every day. It's the same it's shirt. It's sort of like my Superman outfit, but it doesn't give me. I'm any gonna powers. throw it out there. Beardmoney.com clothes. You never have to wash them. Never ever. They stay perpetually washed. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> they start to get stinky after it's a while. It's probably true. Don't ever yeah. fact check that. Stinky like a beard that doesn't use beardmoney.com Boom! products. Boom. Nobody wants that. So we love those guys. You should love those guys. Go check them out. But now we're going to hear from some of our second favorite sponsors. This is our sponsor. Sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm trying my hardest. I can't understand anything. When I signed up for 
French class. I didn't understand that fighting was the only way that I could learn French. God. Don't ask him. Ask him how fun it is. How do they do for lunch? Le oui, c'est quand c'est fait on est dans son monde et les accueils. Le français, Learn French while you fight. just frozen for a good few minutes or yeah for just, while we listened to those we were sponsors just locked in eye contact while we were just waiting for the sponsors to we had in. an eye tryst <laughs> we did it, it was a torrid it was eye very trist. very intense um tristan and his old yeah Is very tristan and his old <laughs> yeah um so yeah so now we're back and now we can move and talk freely again. Yes. And uh, I say we use that opportunity to get to what is, some may say, the most important numbers on our list. Two and one? Two and one. Two and one. Not one and two. No, because we're going in reverse right. order. Or five and eight. You've been part of this show. Or three and three. V- Forty-two? Eight? Nineteen? One? Yeah. Yeah, Lamb yeah. Before Time 27. <laughs> yeah, that was, which is a great rebequel. <laughs> it's a great rebequel. Yeah. It is the best. Yeah. Now, are we talking about the Cronenberg Land Before yes, Time? Or are we talking about the Michael Bay? <laughs> no, Michael Land Bay everything, time. terrible. The one where the dinosaurs had nuts. And blew up. <laughs> yeah, they just had balls and tits. They were balls and tits, they were racist, <laughs> right. and they blew up. And it had Megan Fox for like five seconds. But she was an actual fox. Right. <laughs> like which was Megan weird. Megan the actual fox. Yeah. It was sort of like some other movie. Yeah, it was just super weird. Yeah. I remember that. I didn't like it. So why don't you tell me what you do like by giving me your number two. My number twos. Okay. So my number five, four, and three were really good. I had promised you before the break. <laughs> well, well, were they? <laughs> Are we full of ourselves? Well, I'll tell you what. My number five, four, and three were, were, just, the, were just the gosh they darn. Were, they they were, were the gosh darn teats is they, what they were. They were the bee's knees, if you will. They were the best. Who was that? Okay. But they were great. Yeah. So... We're, now I'm at my, my two and one, which are pretty fantastic, yeah, they're okay. if you ask me. But uh, my number two is actually another remake. <laughs> You've got a nice pair. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, my Michael Bay, as I like to call them. This is Michael and this is Bay. Yeah. And together, they're stinky and terrible. <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty 
pretty accurate to Michael Bay. Um, so my number two, I told you before the break, I promised that my number two and my number one were one reboot and one remake. Yeah. So this is my remake. Okay. And it's another remake from the 50s of another Howard Hawks movie. Oh, shit. It's all right. See, he's on here twice. He makes some good because source Because you material. said he makes all of the movies. Then, all the movies right? from the 50s. It's all Howard Hawks. He's just the contract director from back then. That's right. He's, so he's good the, old he's Hollywood. He's the Joe Johnson <laughs> yeah. of the yeah. 1950s. He's the Samuel L. Jackson of the 1950s, except on the director's side. This analogy is falling wow, apart very quickly. That was a terrible. This is falling he's apart. He's Mace Windu? This, is that what this, you're trying this to metaphor say? is falling apart <clears throat> fantastically quickly. Yeah. Um, so... I'm going to tell you what the movie was called in the 50s, and I'm going to see if you can guess it. Okay. All right. So, 1952, mm-hmm. it was called The Thing from Another World. I'm going to say it's called The Thing by yeah, John Carpenter. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. My number two. He directed that too? Yeah. Fascinating. That dude had some nuts on him. Yeah, he did. Let's put it that that's way. That's a great movie. Anyone who's listened to this show, I think it's been on three or four of my lists yeah. so far it in the run of this on our, podcast. Our practical effects list. Definitely talked, on that one. I we think talked about it with Rick It was Prince. my number one on horror. Yes. So it's been on multiple lists, yeah. and it's on this one as well because it is a remake. And I even mentioned it earlier yeah. when I said that it's the it's the next movie that has ever come close to feeling Cronenbergian. You, if you had seen the inside of my brain when you said that, I had to keep stone-faced so you wouldn't. <laughs> As you karate chop the microphone. <laughs> I, had to, <laughs> I had to stay stone-faced so you wouldn't see, like, oh my goodness, I'm about to talk about that movie. You pulled it off well. Thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. So... But it is. It's a remake in every technical stance. It takes an old film, takes the story for what it was. It is, again, it's about scientists in the Arctic and this thing from outer space. So this one takes that same concept and adds Kurt Russell. Adds Kurt Russell, adds practical effects, adds some of the best. Yes. Adds some of the best Brimleys. We'll say it adds diabetes. Yeah. It adds some of the best Cronin diabetes. (laughs) You've ever, and this is my diabetes cocaine. <laughs> so, it's sugar free. <laughs> it's just straight up powdered sugar. <laughs> I'm dying of diabetes. Here is my cocaine. It's that dia- is just it's powdered diabetes. sugar. Yeah. That's diabetes cocaine. It's just powdered sugar and it kills you. It's diabetes cocaine, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my head's falling off. <laughs> Ooh. But anyway, <laughs> so it adds. Some pretty fantastic <laughs> special effects. Yes. And again, I don't want to go too much into it because any <laughs> listener of this show knows how much I love that film. But I'll talk about it in the sense of it being a remake. Is that it takes something that was good from the 50s, a good creature feature from the 50s. Yep. Very scary, very atmospheric, very suspenseful. But it heightens every element of the movie it takes the opportunity to really add in those creature effects it takes it launches practical effects into another generation of of how good they can be adds kurt russell with a fantastic beard and it just makes a movie that is on every level enjoyable and horrifying and it gets to the effect that it wants to get without destroying the source material material or feeling too <laughs> or feeling too repetitive. Yes. And so I think it is the best remake that has ever been done. That's just my opinion, but it's right. And it's a, it's a lofty statement. And so my number 1 is going to be the reboot obviously. So that's it. That's my number 2 is the thing. That's good. <laughs> 
I don't even know how to respond to that. <laughs> Son of a bitch. I don't even know how to I can't even say anything back because I don't even know what to Yeah. That's it. Number two. <laughs> I hate you so much. I'm just going to do that for the rest of the episode. Please don't. <laughs> We're going to lose all the episodes, all the viewers we already have. Viewers, well, listeners, nobody, nobody people at anything. home. <laughs> this is the Schrodinger's part of the episode. People are just going to leave because you're going, shh, shh, shh. You shut up over there. You shut up. Man, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Right, oh, I'm so, glad you're going after me. Uh, so, uh, that was a that's great. I love I the thing. So. You love the thing. I know this. <clears throat> I know you really just love the thing. I know. I mean, and and your love for things is well documented. It's just, I mean, you can see pictures <laughs> on the internet. Please don't. Don't. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's very good. I like it. <laughs> 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 Hashtag. <laughs> How did you even spell that? We're going to blow... Like, people are just going to be at their computers like, hashtag S-H something 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 W. E-W? Has, it's italicized. It has to be italicized It's and got small. the, what's the little, like... Agu? Yeah, it's got an Agu it's on it somewhere. somewhere. Over the W, which never happens. Yeah. There's no Agu over it's W's. It's got, like, two W's, then an Little e files. W. Yeah. You gramophiles. Um, so yeah, that's it. Number two, number two, number two. I like it. I'm okay. resisting. Shooting it again. Ooh, one more time. I can't help it. All right, I'm gonna leave so. a glass to the table and beat you to death with that shoe. <laughs> oh, oh man, that was a. Are bullet you ready for my number one? All right, so uh-huh. yes, give me your number one. Oh, my number one is number one for a couple of reasons. It's a reboot, and it took something that I loved. And made me love it even more somehow, which is, like I said earlier, is one of the toughest hurdles, I think, to overcome. Right. Because you have preconceptions of what that all, how much you love the first iteration, whatever. So my number one, Batman Begins by Christopher Nolan. That is, um, yeah. That is an epic reboot. So it took something that you already loved, being Batman. And it... In all its forms, too. That's one of the interesting things about Batman, for me, is that... Obviously, I've talked about my love of comic books on this show before. I grew up loving Batman. I loved the Tim Burton film in the 80s. I loved the animated series. Sure. It's just fantastic. And so for this to come out, it sort of has in the back of my mind like, oh, my God, I I don't know how I'm going to feel about this. Like, I like Christopher Nolan. But I love those Joel Schumacher Batmans. (laughs) Yeah. Bat nipples really (laughs) sold me. But – <laughs> so, but it really it took something that I loved already and somehow made me love it even more because it told it in such a new, different, fun way. It it's perfectly cast through the whole. I think through the whole Nolan run, I think it's perfectly cast in almost every role. I will absolutely agree with that. Yeah, the writing may have faltered on the last. Last one, the last sure. one, but sure. casting was still solid. Yeah, I mean, Tom Hardy as Bane was still. Marion Cotard is fantastic in it. Tom Hardy is great in everything he's in. That is so. If the writing had been better, the editing, the structure, there's structural elements of the third one. There's left something to be desired, but the cast itself, the feel of the film, everything about it, I just thought was great. But that first one, it really sort of opened my eyes again to Batman. And it rebooted it in a way where we got a series of movies that allowed us to have Heath Ledger's Joker. 
I agree. I can totally get behind that. Um, yeah. So that's it. I think as reboots go, I mean, think about the other movies that have been rebooted. You've got, you know, Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man, even just sticking within the Superman superhero genre. You've got the Hulk and the Hulk and the Hulk yeah. and the Hulk. Yeah. And they they can get a little bit better every time. Yeah. But you take the Tim Burton Batman, which is fantastic. And you take the comics Batman, which is fantastic. And you take you the take 60s TV show, which is fantastic. Bat nipples, which were take, fantastic. <laughs> which was fantastic. Right. And then you take the animated series, which was fantastic. And then you add another version of it. Eventually, you're going to run out of versions that are good. And Nolan found a way to make it right. just amazing. And that's a, that's a movie that with rewatch value, I can watch that movie anytime. For sure. And so watch for, it right now. So for me, <laughs> you've been challenged. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So that's the end of the show. All right, guys. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Martha, no. <laughs> We're both. We both know Martha's. Yeah, Martha. We're friends. How now. do you know? That? <laughs> I can't even do it. There oh, can't be more than one stupid. person with that name. <laughs> stupid. So fucking dumb. Anyway, sorry. Um, yeah, the good Batman. Yeah. Number one on my list. So best reboot, remake, and it, it it is personal to me because I just love those films so much. So that's why it's my number one. Is to hold that special plate place in my heart. I love it. So why don't you recap your five through one? My five, Star Trek. Yep. And say hello to my little four. Perfect. Perfect. Well done. Scarface, uh, The Fly, Cronenberg, yep. The Thing, John Carpenter, and then number one, <laughs> Batman Begins. <laughs> By Christopher Nolan. Yeah, so that's my five. That's that's the top five remakes reboots because uh, you forced me to put them together, and that's what I did. I love it. And so far, we've matched two, right out of out of the five. Two out of three. Yeah, two out of three. So we're about to let's hit see our what these these top two for you look like. <clears throat> so, so my number two, uh huh. I'll just lead right in. Uh-huh. Is Rise of the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, and um. Well, but that's a sequel to a reboot. It is no Rise is the first one. Is that that the yeah, Franco Dawn one? Dawn is the Dawn. Second one. Okay, right. Okay. So it is. That's a reboot of a reboot. A, it is a reboot of a reboot. It is a reboot of a reboot. That is correct. Is a three boot. It is a three boot. Yeah. It's a trace boot <laughs> with an ague. Uh, it um, man, you threw me with that one. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it is a. A movie that took something... Okay, so I'm not going to hold it in crazy high regard, okay? Planet of the Apes is what it is. It's a cheesy B-movie, if anything, sci-fi flick from back in the day. Now, it did have two solid things going for it back in the day that I was a fan of. One, Charlton Heston. Fine. But uh, two, it had Rod Serling. Yeah. Rod Serling. Who you're a big of, fan of. Uh, huge. Absolutely huge. One of the greatest writers of our time. Period. But wrote, he, wrote, he wrote that movie. Yeah. Now the shoe. Now the shoe is on the other foot. <laughs> the shoe has been shoved directly <laughs> up my ass. Watch as the other falls. Ah, <laughs> uh, shoe. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I'll let you finish. So, thank you. Uh, so it had Rod Serling going for it. Yeah. Um, but also had that great musical, Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. <laughs> exactly. Dr. Zayas. But the the Tim Burton movie was awful. Um, 
And this movie took something that I had zero expectation for. Like, to be perfectly honest, I went into it going, okay, this may be something. Like, I have no idea what this is going to be. Well, you hear they're remaking it or rebooting it again, and it sort of has that bad taste in your mouth already from the Tim Burton. And then you hear who, I'm going to say this, and it's going to sound mean, but then I'll backtrack a little bit. He's like, oh, it's being led by James Franco. And it's kind of like, okay. What? Now, I actually have got grown over the past five or six years to truly love appreciate. and appreciate James Franco. Yeah. And he does fantastic in this one. So He I, does. It, it, I enjoy that movie quite a bit. But in watching that movie, it had one of the coolest scenes. Like, I didn't think that I could give a shit about talking apes. And they did something which was very cool and very smart, I think. In that in this reboot, they showed uh, the genesis of how the apes kind of rose to power or became sentient and intelligent. Um, And they had this awesome moment at the end. They don't talk through the whole thing. Right. And they have this amazing moment in the woods where James Franco is talking to Caesar, and he's like, go home, Caesar. And he says, no! And just, like, says it. And I, no shit, I got goosebumps in the theater. Like, and I don't know why. Like, I know the end game. I know the end game is these monkeys are going to be able to talk and well, they're going to fucking ride horses and, and shit. And you do have a man crush on Andy Serkis. I do. I so, do. Hardcore. As you should. I mean, come on. He is the mocap master. Uh, yeah. Like, he's there's, nobody, Kong, there's nobody better. He's Gollum. He's in... Uh, Force Awakens. What's his character's name in Force Awakens? Um, Darth... No. That's not a Darth Fuck, something. No, nope. but whatever. He's, uh, he's that big, huge. Yeah, yeah. He's a big, huge he's testicle. He's the dude with the the fucking crease in his head. Yeah, he's the big, huge testicle. Yeah. yeah. But um, he uh, fuck, he threw me off again. I know. Damn it. He says in the he's in the woods and he yells no yes, and he gave you goosebumps. But that scene for yeah. real, like I was like, holy shit! Like I, it it did the Star Trek thing for me. Yeah. It was like I took something that I was kind of like meh, lukewarm on and made me go, holy fuck! Like this is. I want to awesome. throw something out to you that may be a bit shitty. But I'm going to do it anyway. That's fine. Would you consider this movie a reboot or a remake or a prequel? I would consider it all of the above. Because I would kind of consider it a prequel and not applicable for this list. I would definitely consider it a reboot because it does not tie into the other movies. Right. It doesn't take any aspect of the other movies. it's not a sequel. It's a prequel because it te- pre- it tells the origin of the other movies. But no, that does, no, it doesn't because they they don't exist in the same timeline. I you can't tell me that Caesar turns into fucking the monkeys with Doctor Zaius. I can tell you that he is the ancestor of he them. He is, but he did. That's what a reboot does. It takes plot points, as you said, and reinterprets them in a new way. It. it I guarantee you there is no one out there making the argument that this movie circles back into the original Planet of the Apes movie. I am making that argument, therefore rendering your statement moot. <laughs> no, you're wrong. Anyone out there that's <laughs> listening, please email or tweet us because I think I'm right on this one. No. I think that's technically I know a he's wrong, so audience, please just write this, in. And you're talking him. about Planet of the Apes colon the Phantom Monkey. No, I'm not. That's I don't what even you, know what that is. Is what you're talking about. But yes, I, I this movie absolutely deserves to be on this list. It does qualify. It is both a reboot and a remake and a reimagining. It is 
a all-around new construct with similar ideas and character points. I'll let you keep it on your list, but I disagree. I'm going to keep it with you. I disagree not. with I'm a grown this. ass man and I can make my own list. No, I'm going to tell you what to do. This is my argument, cocaine. Yeah, exactly. Well, then I'm going to argue that your list is shitty. So. But it's not, though. My list is awesome. There, We've already nothing, talked about it. Okay, we're going to have this out. There is nothing wrong with this fucking movie being on this list. I think there is. There, but there's not. But, okay, it doesn't... The The original story, well, let's go back to the original movie, yeah. is a time traveler, uh-huh. spoiler alert, everybody, uh-huh. goes into space, thinks he lands on another planet, but technically lands on Earth yeah. millennia uh-huh. after monkeys have taken over. Uh-huh. So, in between Charlton Heston leaving Earth in the 60s and him landing in Dr. Zaius's colony, uh-huh. this James Franco story happens, and then decades and decades and decades happen, and that's when Charlton Heston lands. Okay. Here's, why, here's why you're wrong. Okay. Okay? Because Caesar exists in those movies. So, if millennia went by, this monkey would be dead. <laughs> But, okay. Nope, that's it. <laughs> you're, you're wrong. He's, it's not the same character. It is the conceit of the character that they have reimagined and reinterpreted by using the same character name and making it the Genesis character, just like it was in, in the others. But it is not the same timeline. I'm going to claim that monkey in the original version, that Caesar, named after his great-great-great-grandfather. No. They went on AncestryMonkey.com. Now you're grasping at straws. (laughs) Will you just accept my movie, I have not taken, I have not kicked any of your movies off Because mine were valid. That's why. No, they weren't. (laughs) No, he's named after his great-great-great-great-grandfather. No. Even though, like, the little circle design. please. Okay. Blow up our email and tell Tell Jay how stupid he is. Which one is right? Team J or Team Q? you got to email us at my5 at highfivethepodcast.com or on Twitter or on our Facebook page and tell Q how wrong he is. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> We're not going to get any emails just like we normally don't. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, but that's, okay. So, all right, so fuck, now that you've made me sad about my list, even though No, it's, not your whole list, just your number two. No, it's totally valid, but uh, leads me to my number one, which is Batman Begins. Hey! No. No, come on. We got to high <laughs> no. five over there. No, I love that one. No. High, oh, come we on. Were good, Don't but, be mad just now. because I, I dissed one on your but list. No. You've dissed some on my list in other episodes. Yeah, but you tried to make this one un- We've got, we've got a high five. High five. Don't leave me hanging, bro. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> You're leaving me hanging. <laughs> Yay, high five. No one knows that I did no that to myself. No one believe that. That was a masturbatory high five. All right. Give me a high five. Yeah. We had the same number ones. Batman Begins is a great movie. Oh, come on. Get cheery again. Let's have some fun. We can disagree on one. No, well, we disagreed on it, but you tried to make it completely invalid. <laughs> That's to how I even dis- be on my That's list. That's how I disagreed. No. <laughs> so, my number one is Batman Begins. Uh, now we have to do a number ones on, which, on Batman Begins on just we that do. movie. We do. Which is exciting because we get to watch it together. Yep, and we've talked about this, so this is what we're going to do, audience. Uh, Jay had an idea that we should, every time we get a list that happens to hit on the same number ones, we're going to do a dedicated episode solely for that movie. So now, obviously it holds a place yeah. that is important enough in our hearts that we can talk 
ad nauseum about it. So now we have an upcoming episode of the the inaugural number ones. Yep. That we're gonna watch Batman Begins together, yep. and then talk about it immediately afterwards. That is exactly. That's gonna be right. fun. That is and gonna be fun. I, I apologize that I shit on no, one on your it's list. Too late. No, Damage don't get, make make get happy. No, get happy. No, listen to to Pharrell. No, and get happy. God no. damn it. Damn it. <laughs> but I mean, think about it. We agreed on three out of five. That's pretty damn good. Yeah, I agree. That's pretty damn. I agree, good. and we're gonna have a standalone episode, so I don't want to blow all of our uh, our fodder talking about why we think. Batman you want to blow our Batman load right right now? All over this episode. So instead, while I go cry quietly in the corner, I say we go to a break. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned. We're going to go to a break. And, then and we may or may not we, be back because our friendship may, may be over forever. We may go to couples counseling. and But while we're at couples counseling, you can buy stuff at beardmoney.com. Right. That's actually probably how I'm going to apologize right. to you is I'm going to go to beardmoney.com. I'm going to buy you something pretty yep. using the promo code high five to acceptable. get 20% off to save me some money. All right. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to no, buy no. it. No, no. I want you to buy it at full retail price. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to and I'm going to make it a a, a friendship re-enabler gift, if you will. We'll see. And then uh, and we may or may not be after, be back after the break. Schrodinger's upset. Yeah, okay. Commercials. 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 Hey, welcome back to WBANE Radio. Radio for lovers. <laughs> so like to bring you back to our most popular segment and that is questions with Bane. So today's question comes from little Tommy G in Albuquerque. Little Tommy G writes, Dear Bane, I have been with my boyfriend Jake for a year and a half. To put it mildly, his dad does not like me. He has never thought I was good enough. <laughs> For his son. And he doesn't like the fact that I have a daughter. <laughs> From an earlier relationship, he thinks I'm only interested in Jake for his money. Even though I work a full-time job and Jake and I share everything equally. Except for my daughter's expenses, I pay for those. When Jake and I attend family gatherings for holidays or birthdays, his dad refuses to say hello to me. Does he have a right to be this way? Well, Timmy, it sounds like you may have a tough relationship on your hands. And I would say, you need to look deep into your heart, into the dark bowers of where your true love lies. Jake's dad may not approve of you. He may want to throw you into a pit for years. He may want to see your back broken. But you need to hold on to that love. Because that's truly what defines us as humans. So Jake and Timmy let me say this to you. Look yourself in the mirror and say, Timmy, do you truly love Jake? And does he love you and your daughter? 
And if the answer is yes, then Jake's dad can go fuck himself. <laughs> now, Timmy, I hope that has answered your question. The rest can be thrown away. Alright, and once again, that was Questions with Bane on your number one radio for lovers, W-B-A-N-E. Hey, do you like sissy salads? We ain't got that shit. Come on down to nothing but lard. Try out our sophistication with our lard souffle. Lard pie. Lard sundae. Lard on a stick. Lard artisan pizza. Lardisan pizza. <laughs> a lard shake. A, an extra lard hot dog. That's not a thing. <laughs> is it is a thing. Lard nuggets. If you bring on down that coupon to nothing but lard, we'll give you 20% off your next order of lard. Have you ever eaten three large buckets of lard at once? An extra lard lard? <laughs> Have you ever been called a lard ass but thought, I didn't eat any lard today? <laughs> you, <laughs> you think that Outback Steakhouse is too whippy? You come on down to lard. We'll give you up them diet lard. <laughs> Fuck a salad. <laughs> we can make lard salad. game time cocaine <laughs> so we're friends again yeah we are friends. i know everyone was uh sitting and listening to those second favorite sponsors on a biting their tongues i don't i can't think anything anymore biting their time I've, yeah whatever i've Thinking been drinking too much worrying yeah they, they, were, they were they were very worried they were worried that we weren't going to be friends anymore <laughs> but we are but we are and everything's going to be okay yeah everything's going to be okay you know because like that movie says the sun will come out tomorrow tomorrow yeah I Bet your re- bottom dollar that tomorrow there'll be sun. Somewhere that's green. <laughs> Little orphan cocaine. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so it's game time, man. This is our favorite time. Oh, it is. It's, one, it's my favorite time because uh, I, I get to lead this one. Yeah, so you these sure are fun. Do. So, so lead it, bitch. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because our game today is the pitch. Bitch. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Uh, yeah. So uh, this is one of our favorite games, mm-hmm. and uh, what we're going to do this time, which is a little different than the pitch, okay. we, we play it pretty much the same way every time, but since this is our reboot episode, reboot, okay. remake, resequel, sure. um, whatever, is we're going to reboot movies that exist. So instead of just like pitching them in a different way, sure. we're going to pitch on how to reboot these movies in a different genre. Perfect. So what, what I have here is I have four movies in a hat. Okay. And you're going to draw a movie. All right. And then I'm going to draw a genre. Perfect. And then I'm going to use this stopwatch that I have here. Our at giant my, stopwatch. Yes. 
Uh, our favorite giant stoplight. That's right. And we're going to have three minutes to cast the movie okay. and then give a plot synopsis and talk about what the movie could be in this new conception. Perfect. So. Let's do it. I'm excited. I'm, uh, reach into the hat. I am. Don't touch anything and, nasty. Ooh, that's gross. Gross. Ooh. It's <laughs> it sticky in there. What movie we got? We are doing huh. It. Ooh, I like it. My wife is reading that book right now. Fantastic. Did you write that down because I said that during the commercial break? Nope. That is awesome. That is awesome. And this is a movie that is technically being rebooted as we speak. Exactly. Which is funny. My two options were also movies that have reboots. Currently in the works? No, that either have rebooted in general or or rebooted or sequeled in the past. And then I'm going to draw a genre. Watch out for that hairy thing that's in the hat. If you can hear that. Oh, I can hear it. That's terrible. I, I, I can't believe I did that. Okay. And, oh, shit. I dropped it. Oh, no. Game Five over. second rule. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then... Uh, you got to blow it off. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> Nintendo games. Thank you. Okay. I'm so glad I, draw, I drew this one. Drawed? <laughs> I can't speak. Um, romantic comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I also put romantic comedy into so that. So we had two chances. There it's was a 50% chance we were drawing romantic, romantic comedy, comedy for it. Yep. So, All right, I love it. Uh, so we have to we have to pitch it as a romantic comedy. In three minutes. In three minutes. So, so we got to cast it. Cast it. Now, for the cast, before I start the timer, let's figure out the cast that we're doing. All right. Now, it's an interesting one because we have kid cast and we have adult cast. Let's so there's the Losers Club of five. Yep. And then there's the old Losers Club of five. So we've got Ben and Bill and Bev and Richie and Mike. All right. So let's not cast. Let's just cast them. Losers Club kids. Do Losers Club because ten is going to be a little, a little. And un- then we kind of need to cast Pennywise. Mm-hmm. Uh, obvious. So let's do adults and Pennywise. So you're changing from the kids you just said yeah. five seconds ago. Yeah, because I thought about it. I don't know a bunch of kid actors. My head is spinning already. It should so be. So we've got the five Losers Club as adults. Yep. And we've got Pennywise. Yep. Should we do Henry the Bully as well? Sure. Okay, so we've got those seven characters that we have to <laughs> cast in the three minutes. All right. And then, uh, and then we have to pitch how the story is going to work as a romantic comedy. All right, we I'm going to start this timer, and hopefully it doesn't go dark like it has the last three times. So, and our game begins now. All right. Okay, so let's start with the one girl in the whole cast. Bev. So we've got Bev. All right. So she's, you know, she's beaten. Kira Knightley. She's beaten down a little. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, fine. <laughs> there we go. Kira Knightley. Kira Knightley moving on. as Bev. <laughs> and we've got Ben, who's going to be the kind of the portly, beat-down writer one. Uh-huh. Um, I would say... John Mulaney. No. <laughs> uh, a John Cusack. I was going to go with a John. All right. Sure. So Cusack has that little bit of humor to him. Yeah. yeah. But he can also play sort of beaten and downtrodden. All right. And it went dark. <laughs> Stupid. Timer. So... We've got, uh, we've got that. Uh huh. Okay, so we've got Ben and we've got Bev. Right. So now I would say Stuttering Bill. Hmm. Stuttering Bill. Ron Livingston. That's kind of outside the box, but sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say that. Ron Livingston or Jason Bateman. Which one do you like? Ooh, more? let's go Jason Bateman. Okay, Jason Bateman as yeah. a stutterer, 
and he's got the you know his brother's arm gets ripped off. Yeah, so, I yeah. just love Jason Bateman. Yeah, so. no, okay, Jason Bateman is so we've got uh, Keira Knightley as Bev. Yeah, got John Cusack as ben. ben. We've got Jason Bateman as Bill. As Bill, and we've got to keep them all around the same age. So so far, so we're, we're doing pretty path. good. And now we've got. Richie, the sarcastic redhead, okay. and um, Mike, the African American. Can we do? Uh, what's the guy? What's the guy from CSI? The redhead, David Caruso. Yeah, no, he's he's way too old. Yeah, but what about? Okay. <clears throat> no, okay. Well, we could do David Caruso because it's a romantic comedy, and he has a lot of quippies. Yeah, that's what he, I was thinking. He would say a lot of quippies. Yeah, he would be saying like, "Enough clowning around." <laughs> Exactly. Perfect. Awesome. Okay, so David Caruso is Richie. Yep. And then who should we get as uh, as Mike? The African American stays behind. He becomes a librarian. Oh, uh, Craig Craig Robinson. <laughs> no, he's way too big. No. Really? Yeah. Let's do it. Craig Robinson. Yeah, okay, yeah. Craig Robinson. It is. Craig Robinson. Well, he's like Mike is like super stoic and learned. Do you think I know. Craig Robinson could play Why that? Why not? Are you typecasting him? It is a romantic comedy, so we need a comedic. And, we need some more and comedic think about course. think about Craig, Rob, Craig Robinson on The Office. He was the straight man. He, like he, he wasn't like over the top. He kind of was. He was he smart. Was just, he was smarter than Michael. Yeah. And so okay, so Craig Robinson. So we've got Bev Keir Knightley. We've got Ben as John Cusack. Yep. We've got Jason Bateman as Bill. Yep. We've got uh, David Crusoe <laughs> as Richie. Yeah. And we've got Craig Robinson as as Mike. Yep. Now we, we need a, a now we need a Pennywise. We got to. Who's Pennywise? Time on this. Um, Tim Curry. <laughs> in a wheelchair? <laughs> no. Okay. Not not not, <laughs> not Tim Curry. St- not stroke Tim. Curry. <laughs> not stroke Tim Curry. Oh, oh Lord. Uh, did we lose the game? <laughs> I think we, we just lost game. the game. We lost our own game. So I'm going to go ahead and stop this. <laughs> Please I'm do, because it's beeping incessantly. I'm having fun casting. Yeah, so, okay, now I need Pennywise. All right. Who's so, a good – because Pennywise is going to be our across-the-tracks love interest. He's the romantic comedy. He's the Meg Ryan to our Losers Club Tom Hanks, if I'm you gonna will. I'm going to pitch – and I don't know that you're going to get this one. I'm going to pitch Matt Smith. Uh, okay. Um, from I'm, Doctor Who. I'm not familiar with him. All right. uh, sell him. Sell me on Matt Smith. Well, I'm trying to think. I don't know how. To, he's um, he's wise beyond his years in the character. He play he can play very kind of intense and scary, but he can also be very affable and lovable and very like. Do we want that in Pennywise, the murderous demon clown? I think so. You want that kind of like because he this is a romantic uh, comedy that's that we're true. pitching here. So he you want him, You said he's going to be the love interest from across the tracks, right? <laughs> right, right. So he's the one that you kind of are like, oh, he's kind of cool. But then he has like this really also dark side, and you're like, oh fuck, like he may murder the shit out of you. I like that, but I want to I want to pitch one more option, and we can let him battle it out. Okay, Michael Fassbender. Eh, nah. No, okay. So Matt Smith. He's too serious. I don't take him as funny at all. <laughs> oh, I mean, did you see uh, what was it? Frank. He's yeah. pretty great in. Well, Frank. yeah, but he had a he had a fake head on. The and whole he time. would have a clown head on this no, whole time. It's not a clown head. It's still, it's face. <laughs> His face is not warm enough. Like it's just very. He's very steely. Okay. Okay. So Matt Smith. I'm gonna I'm gonna fight for Matt. Smith. We'll still we'll stick with Matt Smith. All right. So there's our. Let's not do Henry. So we've got these six. Yeah. So these are our conflicting forces. Okay. So what is the plot of this romantic comedy starring a demonic clown and these five adults? Well, I'm gonna say so. Back in the day, mm-hmm. in the original town, back when they were the uh, the Losers Club, right? right? When they were kids growing up. Right. I'm gonna say uh, Pennywise. Being the the demon growing up that he always was, 
he uh, he always wanted to be part of their group. Okay. He's he was that kid on the outside, right? Right. But they didn't want to be friends with him because he was a fucking weird demon clown. <laughs> right. You know? So they kept him at bay. Right. So if he you was will. at bay. Right. And so now that they've grown up, right? Right. He's coming back to like win the heart of Bev. Right. Okay. Right. So they probably all own collectively a diner. Yes. Or a bar of some sort Something. in Dairy Maine. Right. We'll, we'll say a library. <laughs> they collectively, <laughs> they own, collectively a, own a library. library. I was going to say bar called the Losers Club. Uh, I think it's funnier if it's a library. Okay, called, called the Losers, Losers Club. <laughs> which is probably true in nowadays. <laughs> yeah. So they own a library called the Losers Club. Right. Collectively. Collectively. And, you know, we've got, we've got Mike, who is the sarcastic librarian. Right. We've got... Ben, who is the resident writer on staff. Right. Bill, who obviously owns the place. Like, right. he's the managing he's the director. He's right. the money. And we've got Richie, who is sort of the uh, janitor staff. Right. Oh, my God. Is that still beeping, telling us we've lost the game? I don't care about you. Stop. Watch. <laughs> okay, anyway. So we've got Richie, who's like the sarcastic grounds facilities manager. Yep. And then Bev, who is the, the CPA. She's she the, She does the money. I was going to say she's the librarian. No, Mike was the librarian. We've already oh, talked about right. that. Yeah, sorry. Craig T. Nielsen is the wisecracking, funny Not Craig like. Craig T. Nielsen, Craig Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> that's a complete. That's Coach. That's a completely <laughs> different demonic clown movie, <clears throat> or demonic ghost movie in general. Just, just a demonic. Just movie. demonic. Uh, okay, so sorry. Craig Robinson is the wisecracking librarian. Bev sort of is the money. She's the one going out and getting donations, right. which is how she meets. Pennywise, mm-hmm. who owns the small bookstore, who is now grown town. up. Yeah, she doesn't recognize him anymore, yeah, except for the fact that he still dresses like a clown <laughs> right. all the time. <laughs> exactly. She's like, you know that weird demonic kid exactly. that dresses like a like, clown. He's like, no, 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 and ripped off Bill's brother's arm when we were growing up. <laughs> but he's cool now. <laughs> he smokes cigarettes and right. rides a Harley and exactly. owns a motorcycle. And, shop. He, and he did all this for her. <laughs> Yeah, so he owns the little bookstore across the way, and the library is putting the little bookstore out of business. Right. And Bev and it start this secret relationship that is destined to come to a head right. when the uh, when the rest of the Losers Club But then you owning, also have that, staff, that odd, like, that awkward moment where she's pregnant with demon spider babies. <laughs> right, <laughs> and yeah. And she's trying to hide it from the rest of the group, right? And they have that <coughs> funny... They have that funny montage of like her in front of different objects, like blocking her stomach so you can't like, tell. She's always pushing a rack of books right. when she's walking around the library a, for no reason. to carry a box, or but it's empty. But it's just cut out. It's just cut out. It's just belly in a The box. thing about those, the demon spider babies, they gestate really, really quickly. So she's only pregnant for like two months. Right. And, and the, then it and ends the, with her dying. <laughs> Because it's burn. hilarious in this romantic comedy. Well, you know, sometimes romantic comedies, they take a sad twist. <laughs> what I was going to say is that uh, Pennywise and his gay best friend, Henry, <laughs> can't be at the delivery. Yeah. And it's killing him. So the Losers Club finally come to accept the relationship and they get Bev to the hospital to deliver the demonic spider right. babies. And then she dies in childbirth. Right. Do you know what I just realized that, that we just pitched? What? Bridget Jones, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Sorry, everyone. (laughs) You can already see that movie. (laughs) Yeah, it's called Bridget Jones, baby. It's coming to a theater near you. (laughs) Don't see it. You're welcome. You're not welcome. Nobody's welcome. 
I think the game is over with yeah, that. That was pretty good. So yeah, right. I uh, I hope Bridget Jones' baby ends with her dying and giving birth to demonic spider babies. That'd be a dire entry I'd read. <laughs> and this is my spider baby cocaine. So now that we now that we've completed that game. So now that we've de- decimated everyone's favorite book, TV miniseries, and hope for a future right. movie. Uh, let's roll that horror right into J-Horror. Yeah, we've got a J-Horror this week. Wait, you ready? Here we go. Yeah. J-Horror. Okay. Yeah. I, I, that's where, right then, I just put in theme music. But the, the interesting thing is you did it after, the, it's playing right now, but you did it after the fact, so it was literally just us staring at each other <laughs> in silence lovingly for two well, seconds. We've explained that's how it works all the time anyway. <laughs> right, so... Uh, so my J-Horror for this week is I stuck with the theme of reboots and mm-hmm. remakes. So my recommendation okay. for everyone to go see is The Hills Have Eyes. Ooh. So the Alexandra Aha, I think is Aha or Aja. Ah! Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> so the Alexandra Aha oh, 2006. Peter Bates. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate you. <laughs> Um, but it is, it's a remake, so a remake of the fantastically terrible 1977 Wes Craven movie now, I'm gonna be honest, of the same name. I'm glad you chose this one, and I'm, it's, it is a solid recommendation because I have, I've seen neither the original or the reboot. I, a lot of people lump this into that torture porn trend that went around in That's the late aughts, yeah. and you know, it's kind of around the hostile time, and Honestly, I, I hate the phrase torture porn. I think it, it's belittling. These movies definitely have something to say. Uh, the, the thing about the, those movies when they came out, and especially the torture porn title, is that those movies came out in time where we were knee-deep in you know, the 9-11 wars, and, and people were watching beheadings on like the internet, and it was just a terrible time where we were surrounded by all of this violence and all of this horror. And so what these filmmakers were able to do when they did it right. There were a lot of just terrible, terrible ways of going about this, but the ones that did it well, and I will say Hostel did it well, and this one I also feel did it well, is they took those elements of things that we were experiencing and feeling horrible and terror for in our lives and sort of took them to the 12th degree. It was almost like why Anchorman is funny is because it took realistic settings and just expounded them a million times on themselves until they became absurd. Torture porn, when it's done right, does the same things. It takes things that we're actually terrified of and expounds them to the point where you can actually have a conversation about why these things are terrible. Interesting. Now, The Hills Have Eyes takes place in the desert. So it does really feel like, you know, that Afghanistan type horror, the, you know, we've got ISIS now, but back then it was Al-Qaeda. Sure. And so we were terrified of that. So it takes that idea and it takes this family that just a suburban white family takes a wrong turn, sort of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and ends up in this area where basically, spoiler alert everyone and Q, (laughs) is they, they stumble upon an atomic test village. And the people that are living there are mutated because of radiation, and they're just cannibalistic monsters. Nice. And they manufacture this way for them to lead cars off the track and then go to town murdering them. That's pretty much what the movie is. But what this movie does that I think is really, really interesting 
is that it's so, about halfway through the movie, it changes from what you'd expect. So okay. with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the whole movie is them surviving Leatherface. Right. This movie, about halfway through, the main girl mm -hmm. and her brother, after watching many of their family members die horrible deaths, sort of say, all right, fuck it. And they go after and start attacking and they stand up for themselves. And it's sort of like a badass way to go about it. Have you, have you seen the movie You're Next? Yes. That movie is so great because it flips the slasher genre on its head right. and it makes the female... The hunted the becomes hun the hunter. <laughs> this movie did it first. Alexandra Aha did it first and he did it in a way where he took torture porn ugh, and he flipped it in that exact same instance. Nice. So while the 1977 Wes Craven is pretty much just straight up you know, desert slasher... This one has an interesting take on it and gives the power back to the main characters about halfway through, and then it just becomes this all-out action survival. It's a good movie, and it is fun to watch. And then, um, you know, it's great practical effects. Okay. So if you like practical effects, definitely dive in. It sure. pulls no punches. There are very many scenes where it is difficult to watch. It is tough to get through, and it's done on purpose. And so that's one of the reasons I love it. And then Aha went on to do um, High Tension. You've ever seen okay, that? Yeah, I've seen that. That was he actually did that right before he did it in like the same like year period. Okay. And then he also did Piranha 3D. Okay. So he takes things and he reboots things and makes them pulp expositional masterpieces almost. I don't want to say mass. I'm using masterpiece lightly, but he right. takes the theme of B movies. He takes the, the concept of what these could be and then takes them to the nth degree to make them that much more fun. Nice. And this was one of the ones where I think he did it sort of perfectly. So <clears throat> again, a lot of people can disagree that this would be considered a great movie and it wasn't even on my top five reboots remakes. But when it comes to horror, this is the one that I would recommend. Well, I will take that recommendation and I will run for the hills with it because Runs I runs with the hills that yeah, have eyes. Because I think it sounds awesome, and you've sold me. I hope I sold you and everyone listening. Now, anyone listening who has seen it, feel free to tweet at us your opinions or yeah. email us. Um, <clears throat> you can go to our Facebook and let us know what you think about that. But that's my recommendation for this week's JR. You can also email us at high five <laughs> or nope. my five at nope. high five the podcast dot com. Shoo. <laughs> Uh, or you can go to the Twitters, like Jay had said, and you can reach out to us. That's hi, H-I-G-H, the number five, thepodcast.com. Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash high five, the podcast. Yep. Just all one word. So do it. That's it, man. We yeah, are out of here. We, yeah, we're, um. I have rebooted myself into a fucking oblivion. Yeah, so we're going to go, and uh, this is my, my reboot cocaine. <laughs> We're just going to go do mountains <laughs> of cocaine until the next episode. So when you hear us come on in the next episode, we're going to be like, hey, 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 we're going to do some show. This is going to be great. You ready? Here we go. And that's a wrap, everybody. Cut, Casper. That's a wrap. Cut, printed. What happens in the next reel? Cut. Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here.